Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And this week we are breaking down season three, episode six. Can you believe we're already up to episode six? Wow. Uh, the title of this is GX1. Yeah. Wow. That's a sexy title. And we're going to find out how well this episode holds up. Uh, but first, let's catch up a little. Annie, uh, what's going on in your world? Yeah, I'm about to have a birthday. Oh, that really I... th- I'm glad that <laughs> I really thought that I'm about to have a b was going to end in a different a different oh, fashion. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> um, no, I'm about to have a birthday. And yes. this is one of the first uh, times that I was like, ooh, this is not a number that I am excited <laughs> about. Um, so, yeah, it's happening. We're all aging. Yep, it's, it's fine. It's inevitable. So you you feel grossed out about it? If I, if I don't I... feel grossed out about it, but I feel like, you know, I don't know if uh, folks who are born in the 70s and 80s and uh, listen to this podcast can relate to this, but like <laughs> there comes a point where you identify as younger than you are, uh-huh. um, where it's like, or you feel... Younger than you are at a certain point in time. Like emotionally, I stopped aging, you know, like, like I'm not learning new things. I'm not becoming a better person at this point. (laughs) Like I am not growing at all. So therefore, I don't think I should be aging either. I think that's. (laughs) Oh, if it were only that simple, that once you stop emotionally growing, you also stop aging physically. Yeah, I, I thought that was the deal um apparently (laughs) i need my money back and there is not a painting of me getting older in an (laughs) attic somewhere uh but yeah so so i've kind of reached that point where it's like you see the number that you are and you're like this isn't the number that i feel you know but i do i have that in relation to other people a lot like younger people than me by like you know 10 years 15 years um i would look at them and see them as like like peers and then they would treat me in a way that said, old guy, uh, old guy talking to me. I'm going to talk to you like an old guy. And I would have to like recontextualize. Oh, right. I'm to them an old person. They are much younger than me. You know, it's like once I, once you get once you don't look like a dumb college kid anymore, like and you get right. into that like young adult sort of area, I sort of think of us all as the same. Um, and yeah, I forget agreed. that like there are yeah. people who are, you know, 25 to 27 who yeah. I consider very peers. mature people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, we consider you an old hag. <laughs> like that is. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, is what we think is happening. That's a sad moment. I think when you realize that maybe someday I'll feel exactly my age. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, and then we're throwing this nostalgic 80s show into the mix to make, make ourselves feel really old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening. And I'm really excited to come to Vermont month in a couple weeks yeah. um yeah. yeah by the time people are hearing this your birthday will be over but it was it was all great may in in vermont was great uh i did uh, may in or actually late april in austin texas that's where i just got back from Ooh, so how was that great so fun we did we went to the moon tower comedy festival and uh it was really the first time we took some time away from our comedy club and did not really need to worry or think about it at all Mm -hmm. the entire time we took like a whole seven days basically um and that's the longest we've ever been away from it without really like checking in at all Um, so you were really not like no email no like calling the manager to see how things are going no i mean the occasional text message and you know but everybody was set up 
um, for success and everyone stepped it up and did a great job. Um, and Texas was, I mean, Texas is Texas. Traveling was a nightmare and, uh, you know, going into rooms where people just acted like it was 2019. Um, it was weird. Um, but I, I guess got used to kind of like just going into rooms and taking a quick risk assessment and saying, do I want to stay in this room? <laughs> um, yeah. is it weird that I'm the only one wearing a mask? Um, once you get used to that, um, you know, we saw some fantastic shows and we saw a bunch of like our comedian friends that we haven't seen in a long time. And kind of it was one of those things, just like in the Montreal Fest, where you just keep running into people like around every corner, you know, um, standing in line, you know, waiting for coffee. And I feel a nudge on my shoulder and it's like, oh, Anthony DeVito is right behind me. Like, that's fun. Um, so it was cool. great. So are, uh, you guys aren't going to join the hordes moving to Austin, right? We, can, uh, <laughs> no, we don't have to worry about that. I don't know that I could live in Texas. Yeah, it's cool. Cool. It's a cool place to visit, but um, if I'm going to re- uh, re- relocate, it's not going to be there. It's going to be like the south of France or some shit. Yeah. I'm getting that, out of as here. As you should. Yeah. And why shouldn't you move to the south of France? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but let's get into this, shall we? Uh, we have to We have to talk about GX1. Oh, we sure do. Um, <laughs> very excited to get into um, this insane episode of television, not to spoil anything do we for have anyone. A, we have a one-sentence IMDb summary for those who were too lazy to watch the episode? Uh, we sure can. Uh, an experimental U.S. fighter jet gets shot down over where else but East Germany and and MacGyver is sent in to demolish the records while Soviets, who are backed by a psychic, are trying to reach it first. Wow. Who boy. What a story. What a story. Uh, what was your impression of this episode? Oh, my goodness. Um, the psychic thing, uh, I just... <laughs> <laughs> what the description didn't mention is that the psychic is also trying to defect right. um, from Russia. <laughs> Which, which we don't know until later. Yeah. Crucial plot point, which yeah. I think was just very funny. Um, but here's the main thing I want your thoughts on. I have a lot to say about it is like Nikki. Yeah. What yeah. are we doing with Nikki? Um, this is one of the most like objectifying, I would say, episodes that we've had so far. Um, yeah. In the sense that like we start with Heidi, a... Uh, basically a blonde bimbo model in the hot air balloon with him. And they are, she says, she says, I can't make it pop. And she's talking about the champagne bottle, but it's very suggestive. Um, And like, he's basically just hanging around with this model. Who's like, he's, you know, in it for her looks or whatever. Then we have this, like this, like bickering relationship with him because Nikki comes, comes into the picture and he doesn't want her along for the ride. And they have that, I don't know. I was just thinking about the fact that like this was very common in this era. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking about like Moonlighting and Temple of Doom and like all these like there were a lot there was a lot of like opposites attract kind of things happening. And in Cheers the is another example. Yeah, of right. This. So yeah, it, yeah. I am going to go ahead and say this dynamic does not work for me. No, like me either. to yeah. me, like the bickering. In a modern the, lens. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not even like we're opposites. It's like we actively hate each right. other <laughs> right. and we're forced into this situation. And it's not even like, hey, we're opposites, but maybe we'll find some common ground. It's like, let's make this unpleasant for one another yeah, right. for the entire episode. And so I just, this is one of those 80s tropes that's so cringe to me watching it. I'm yeah. just like, we've we got to have an easier way to have tension between characters right, right, uh, than yeah. just having them 
bicker for, you know, 40 yeah, minutes. It can be done. I mean, it's as old as Much Ado About Nothing, you know, but I just I found it to be, yeah, it was like hostile. And that was part of the issue I was having with the whole episode was that like MacGyver is downright like hostile and angry the whole time. He's he's not as idealistic in this episode as he usually is. He's skeptical. He's telling her she's wrong all the time. He's suspicious. Like th th he's not the sort of light fun. Uh, it's like she comes in and brings him down, and then he's mad, mad and pissed off and bitchy. Yeah, the whole which time. is never a good look for him yeah. because it's outside of his ethos. First of all, sure. as you've said, like he's supposed to be curious right. and resourceful and kind of open to the world and yeah. you know knowledgeable about all this stuff like that's who MacGyver is and so to have him be kind of like sour and close-minded yeah. and like shooting down idea after idea like that's not who MacGyver is he's supposed to be making ideas out of thin air not shooting them down when they're coming to him um he just was not at his best um well, and that kind of takes away from from the fun and magic and science of it yeah I mean there's one little piece here which I it really, really bothered me. And it was like, so they're forced to camp out in the uh, wilderness overnight together. Oh, God. Are you just talking about the campfire Yeah. So, so he's like, you know, he basically, instead of in a previous episode with the kid in the Bigfoot episode, he was like, he was sleeping under a tarp so he could give his, his sleeping bag to the kid, right? And here he's like, there's plenty of room if you want to sleep over here with me. Like, he was basically like, like, you want to sleep with me or fucking suit yourself? He's like, be cold. I don't care. And yeah, then, or freeze to death freeze for to all death. I care. So, so although he is kind with the pine needles uh, right before that, where he tries to insulate her shirt with pine needles, which, by the way, if you are <laughs> speaking of someone who grew up in a place with pine trees, if you're putting pine needles in between the layers of your clothing, you're going to have more problems than freezing to death because <laughs> that is not going to be comfortable. I think you are already in a bad place <laughs> yeah. if that is the only thing you have for that's work. A, that's really reaching. That's like a MacGyver writer who's like never been to any place with pine yeah. trees. Anyway, so I think this this point where um, they wake up the next day and she says, "You were I got to hand it to you. You were a perfect gentleman last night, indicating that he didn't like try anything. Right. And he said, I don't know how I controlled myself. He was he's like mean to her. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I controlled myself. And then her reaction is she is like hurt by that and says, like, yeah, I guess I deserve that. And like the whole scene, it basically says, like, you are here for me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I, it was like, it's supposed to be like an insult that he wasn't attracted enough to her to make a move on her. And she's supposed to be like offended and hurt by it because I was obviously such a bitch to you that you couldn't find me attractive. I guess I deserve that. Like the whole thing is so gross. Yeah, no, the idea that you didn't, you were not predatory yeah. uh, toward me in a situation that we were thrown, were thrown together. You didn't try to fuck me. And therefore <laughs> right. I thanked you for that, which in right. and of itself like no that's not yeah. a thanking someone scenario that's yeah. like okay cool you did the bare minimum yeah. great <laughs> yeah and then she's hurt because he wasn't sexually attracted to her yeah. it is just yeah ugh, it's really i mean it it really sort of I just thought in four lines, I was like, yep, this was this is the problem with the 80s and the way that like... I mean, that's just like rape culture right, right there. Yeah, right. Like that is all lines. it is. Yeah. It's just like, thank you for not raping me, but you kind of still want 
to get because with me, the right? value that I provide to the world is through <sighs> what like what you want sexually, right? Ugh, horrible. Anyway, so uh, circling back uh, to the rest of the episode, um, we have this little sort of fighter jet thing that happened in the beginning, which I thought was fairly successful. Um, I was entertained by it. I think the combination of the fast editing and all the techno babble going on while the guy was like trying yes. to fight off this this Russian Meg was like actually pretty exciting. Um, I looked it up and you're never going to guess where all that jet fighter footage comes from. Did you, oh do you God. know what I, I mean, thought? I really, I really <laughs> thought we were done. I, know. I thought Recycling season three stuff. was going to be the season we stopped recycling <laughs> old footage, but you're telling me, I'm telling you, it's happened. not, it's not MacGyver's brand new budget going toward building a bunch of uh, fighter jet models and shooting them. Uh, take one guess. I'll give you one guess as to where this might have come from. What movie it might have come from? It's not Top Gun. It's Top is Gun. It? <laughs> oh my god! It's straight out of a hit movie, Top Gun. <laughs> they just lifted footage yeah. from Top Gun. Uh-huh. So we're still doing it. We're still picking. We are shameless. <laughs> and I mean, I just complimented it. I was I was on board with it. I thought it worked fairly Which well. Also, like how ubiquitous must like we're talking yeah. at this point in time, like if if you hadn't seen Top Gun, you know, right. like to not recognize this just would have been absurd. Yeah. You would be watching TV and you'd be like, oh, this is like Top Gun. <laughs> right. I mean, because yeah. you <laughs> like, would have well, seen Top Gun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember my dad, maybe I told the story already, but I remember my dad would rent that movie and then he would fast forward through all the all the romantic stuff just to see the flying scenes. <laughs> And also, like, there wasn't that much other, there, like, you know, there wasn't that <laughs> no. much romance to forward. He didn't want to like. deal with that. He didn't want to deal with the volleyball scenes. He wanted to see the fighter jets go, um, which I think half of those are models, too. They're, they're not real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, other stuff. Other stuff. Um, oh, I thought it was funny. I mean, it's always funny when Pete shows up out of fucking nowhere and tells MacGyver he's the only man for a job that clearly needs 200 people to do properly. And this particular one, he's he uses the excuse that, like, the in, the infrared doesn't work because this plane has a special cooling system that hides it from infrared uh, infrared technology, and I was just thinking to myself, but it's the plane's in pieces on the ground, like <laughs> there's no you can find that with infrared, right? Like yeah, I there I will say like there's a lot of I had a lot of problems with this episode, <laughs> but the MacGyverisms and like how handy he was actually did work for me really? more so okay. than. A couple of the more recent episodes, which just were nada. Um, he makes a damn hot air balloon, so like you gotta <laughs> give him that. Like that's pretty good. He does, yeah. I, I, um, I went down a rabbit hole um, because one of the things I was reading said that this, uh, this building an, a hot air balloon to go over a border thing was clearly based on this old movie in the '80s called Night Crossing, which is a Disney movie in the early '80s based on a true story of a, a couple of guys who had families, they had wives and children, and they built a hot air balloon to get out of East Germany. And the story is, I went down this Wikipedia, I highly recommend just like putting East German balloon escape into Wikipedia and reading it. It's very fascinating. And it took them a full year and a half to get a functioning balloon that they could take across the border, unlike <laughs> MacGyver, who did it in an afternoon in a shed. So there's that night crossing movie. And then I guess they, they made a new version of the story the, um, it's a German film called Balloon that came out in 2018. Um, so I went down that rabbit hole hard and the idea of like how difficult it is to like 
basically from like materials you can scrap together, build a hot air balloon. It's it's a lot more difficult than this episode would suggest. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not saying that this is a safe idea for anyone to try yeah. <laughs> on their own, um, but yeah. it is entertaining to watch uh, in an episode of television. And yeah. I feel like he's earning his keep a little bit by building a hot air balloon. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm jumping around a bit here, but like we have to talk about the psychic because yeah. for me, like there is nothing more 80s and 90s <laughs> than the introduction of a psychic who is having visions yeah. and kind of like, you know, convulsions. <laughs> and, you know, that is just to me screams this era, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, let's add another element onto this where whether it's law enforcement, whether it's a military operation, we're going to be aided by some weird oracle <laughs> in the corner yeah. who's like helping us make these you know, life or death decisions. Yeah, totally. And what I find so funny about it is that the the Russians just yell at him the whole time. That's their way of motivating him. They're like, find the thing. Tell us where it is. And he's like, let me work my fucking magic here, man. Um, we're going to shoot you unless you can tell us in the next five seconds what we want to know. Uh, yeah, it is very, very fun and silly. Yeah, what I love um, are the times when, and I wish I could come up with an example. I love the times where the fourth wall is broken with the psychic character a little bit, where you they actually can kind of like give a hint that like, I'm making this shit up. This is not, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm scamming this police officer. Right. Um, that's not what we're getting here. We are getting instead. <laughs> he knows all about MacGyver's mother. <laughs> He knows all about MacGyver's mother, and that is enough to win him some goodwill and yeah. uh, helping him uh, defect because Go America, that is really what a, a happy ending truly is, is coming to right, the good old right. U.S. of which A. Which does not happen in this episode, no. which I kind of appreciated. I appreciated that they were at least self-aware enough to know I was treated as a lab rat in Russia. I'll be treated as a lab rat in America. And then what I find funny is that in both cases... In both the case where MacGyver um, blows up the plane and grabs this guy and runs, and when he lets the guy go at the end, the escape plan seems to be uh, uh, walk through the woods. <laughs> like, <laughs> like MacGyver has absolutely no plan when he grabs this guy and runs into the woods uh, uh, to get away from the soldiers, other than just like, I guess we're going to hide out in the woods. And then when he lets the guy go and the guy who turns around and waves, he just like walks into the woods. Like, like, like what is his plan? Does he have a passport? Does he have an identity? <laughs> it really, yeah. I mean, if I were to uh, think too hard about what MacGyver's <laughs> escape plan is yeah. in any given episode, I would be upset all of the time. It's usually yeah. just distract and run away. Yeah. Like that is essentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. Even the guy just tells him, wait till dark. It'd be better if it's dark, but you're an impatient man. And sure enough, within three seconds, he's got a plan that's basically like, let's run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to point out about Nikki before we get, um, mm. before we wrap up our discussion is just that like, is it just me or, or have her capabilities changed from last episode or, or to this diminished. episode? Like yeah. she was pretty badass yeah. when we meet her. She is like right on MacGyver's tail. She's, you know, right in there with him. 
you know, making the same kind of discoveries and they are side by side working on this and they are, if not equals, at least they're in the same field. Yeah. Um, and she is just reduced to just a complete useless yes. prop in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She can barely, I mean, she has to be shoved out of a hot air balloon and barely pulls the ripcord. Like that's yeah. really all she does is fall uh in this one and been complains the entire time and is just like a total yeah she's a real wet blanket the whole time um where she was like mr and mrs smith the last time we saw her you know i know the last time we saw her she's like i'm avenging my brother's death yeah. i am out here i'm tricking the cops like i'm doing all of this yeah, shit yeah. um and now she it's, is it's can't even pack a pair of socks it's, for this camping trip <laughs> it's you know? so sad um I, the uh, the only other problems i had with this episode are well one i the russian soldiers are hilarious i mean they like video game characters they have terrible <laughs> accents and what i was realizing i was like what's bothering me about this these soldiers uh, and i was like the thing that's bothering me the most is that they're talking like american soldiers they're like the, they the way that they the bluster and the and even some of the phrasing oh the you mean like the use. terminology yeah, and the military kind terminology of the yeah and... it's like someone just wrote a bunch of stuff for american soldiers uh acting like bullies in the in a country they don't belong in or something and then they just put russian accents on it um which i thought was funny and then the other thing is just like well a uh, why kill the guy in the plane? If he was going to die in the, if the, if the guy in the fighter jet was going to die, just let the plane explode. Why did he have to eject? And then we find him dead in the tree. That's grotesque. <laughs> it was morbid. <laughs> it was brutal. And I, unnecessary. Unnecessary. And then the other one is, um, how many endings does this episode have or need? <laughs> I, like we have the sweeping thing. We push the, we, first of all, we get away. Then we manufacture this whole thing where we have to shove her out of the uh, hot air balloon. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the, oh, good. We're finally over the border and, you know, or we're over the mountain and out of danger. And then we have a whole other scene where we're wrapping up the balloon um, where we have to let this guy go and run into the woods like a, like a feral animal. It was just a very like, it was, it was like watching Lord of the Rings or something. It's like, how many fucking endings does this thing need? Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I, this is not the first time the show has done that. Yeah. <laughs> and I get very irritated when I'm like, okay, guys, yeah. this, we this get episode it. is about 10 minutes yeah. too long. Can we just go ahead and yeah. uh, wrap it up? Yep. This could have been a great half hour show, I guess. Well, not a great <laughs> it one. But. Really, it really could have. But on your earlier point, I did want to point out like writing the... Um, the Russian soldiers exactly like Americans. <laughs> it just reminds me of how basically up until the show, the Americans, and if someone can think of an earlier example, I would love to know. So please email me and tell me. Yeah. But the idea that like, you know, the Soviet Union and or Russia and America were two very different cultures that had very different values was basically not like depicted yeah. in any with any sort of nuance um including in this episode yeah and i mean that there were the stereotypes right and like these are the main yeah, i'm differences. not talking yeah. about like communism right, bad right. stuff yeah. <laughs> i mean just in generally how people communicate yeah. the things that they value what right. kind of family dynamics are in play what yeah. kind of workplace dynamics are in play what kind of jokes are yeah. people are right. making right. like really the americans is the first show and even that has its campy elements yeah. Yeah. where there's even this idea that like these American ideals that we think are like amazing and like are actually, you know, a trauma response. Right. Like it's right. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that there's another culture out there that doesn't 
like subscribe to any of these values. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. Um, well, I mean, the last point I'll make uh, was is just at the beginning of this episode, I was like, when she handed him a strawberry because he does, he won't even take a sip of champagne. I was like, wow, this is really what, who hurt him with alcohol? Like, do we, are we going to find out that he had like an abusive alcoholic dad or something? I don't know. Cause he know, hates alcohol just... as much as he hates guns. <laughs> It just really feels over the top because, yeah. like, we get he's not a big drinker, but yeah. like, I mean, I'm sober right now. And I, <laughs> I can relate to being sober. It's just like it feels very much like he's the good guy. You might as well put a kitten in his hands, you know? <laughs> right. It it does feel like an over the top um, sort of moral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, when I was a kid, I loved this shit. I love the fact that he was both uh, like like a goody two shoes and cool. Like I thought he, I thought the actor walked that line really well. Of like he's eating sprout sandwiches and he's refusing to use guns, but he's like so cool with his windswept hair and his jeans. You know. I feel like what you're saying is this propaganda worked on it you. Totally. Like did. you, yeah. <laughs> as a child, thought it was really cool yep. to be really kind of square, yep. but also learn about science and. I, you and know. It, I'm sure it had something to do with like the male role models in my life were all like teetotaling squares, and you know this guy was like basically my cool uncle you know he was like could, <laughs> could have fit in my family as like the coolest member of my family but anyway i suppose we should rate this episode and get out of here well i'm gonna go first because i have to <laughs> this season i'm supposed <laughs> to go first um i wrote on the I, I i took some notes during this on little index cards and at the end of the on the back of the last index card i wrote boring five <laughs> um i found it kind of boring at times i was just hmm. like having trouble focusing i was like it, it's probably has something to do with there's about 20 minutes of plot in this and they stretched it out over 45 and added a couple yeah, meaningless true. endings so i but that's an evergreen comment we could make true. on <laughs> many true. episodes um hoping it gets more action-packed but um yeah and the macgyverisms i found like i thought the the pine needles were uh, absurd um and uh it's funny that there is a later episode like in a much later season where he does something similar to this hot air balloon gag mm. and you see him building it and you're like excited because you're starting to figure out what he's doing and you're like oh i can't believe he's gonna do that and they make a big stink out of the suspense of like and you see him putting shit together and sneaking stuff into the wet into the shed and it's so much more effective and this just felt like we, he didn't they didn't want to tip their hand about what he was doing so we saw like very little like go get me some this go get me some that and then suddenly the reveal of this giant what's definitely a professional hot air balloon draped with some <laughs> some shitty material um it just felt like eh, you could do this better and they do eventually so five yeah the pine needles like i would not even count the pine yeah. <laughs> needles as a macgyverism yeah. it's like you shoved some uh trash yeah. that you found <laughs> inside a thing you're a scarecrow now are you warm <laughs> you're a scarecrow. yeah although macgyver he does have a bit of a scarecrow vibe if you think about it like oh like a wizard of oz scarecrow yeah <laughs> pete is obviously um Dorothy. Oh, we're doing this now. Okay, yeah. who's uh, who's who? Well, there's there's not that many recurring characters. It's basically just the two of them. I think Jack is the lion. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. So you think Pete's Dorothy? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, but all right. Well, I think Pete's Dorothy because uh, Pete does nothing and lets everyone else figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> okay. Fair point. Fair point. 
maybe we'll flesh this idea out. We, in a we're going to revisit yeah. this on a later episode. Uh, we're also going to find out which Sex in the City characters yeah. there are. <laughs> There's got to be a Buzzfeed quiz for this. Uh, what What do you rate it? You know, I am going to rate it a little higher than you. I'm going to give it a six point five. Okay. Um, simply because I can't resist the like very Bond villainy mm. kind of uh, Russian soldier sure. guys. I think actually some of them were in some Bond movies. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I kind of thought that was fun. I The psychic thing was too dumb to not work on me. I <laughs> was, I just love, yeah. I loved the 1980s of it all yeah. and just how goofy that was. Yeah, um, yeah I did like but, the butter churning physical effect he did every time he yes, had a vision. Oh my God. Yeah. Just the absolute like dated, just mm-hmm. like I can help you with my powers. Yeah. Like I just loved that. Um, hated the dynamic between MacGyver and Nikki. Really am hoping, I like, I understand this character is coming back. I really want to see this evolve past this dynamic because this is not working for me. Mm-hmm. The last episode, like, I she was a thousand percent more likable. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what happened yep, um, yep. so yeah, yeah we're gonna say yeah, she was five. stealing art off the walls last time yeah she was stealing <laughs> art this episode she didn't have a jacket in right. the woods like i don't know <laughs> uh all right well i think that's about all the time we have for on this episode before we get out of here annie you got anything to plug um i have some shows coming up in new york city people can find out by looking at my social media uh it's at annie m russell on both twitter and instagram so follow me there and find out what i'm up to cool i have nothing to plug uh just follow my other uh podcast the corporation and for my comedy club uh, that's it for this week, everybody. Thanks for listening. And check out our website, themacgyverpod.com, and all our socials. It's all at The MacGyver Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out on Paramount Plus or Amazon Prime or even Pluto TV. Next week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 7, Jack in the Box. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Mac, friends, friends are the adventures, adventures of, of life. life. Good night! Good night!